This is Scott Richmond, the director for New York and New Jersey for ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, coming to you from the front lines. ADL is on the front line every day fighting anti-Semitism and hate, and this show brings that to you from the WVUX studios in New York. As a Jewish organization, ADL believes deeply in the importance of Israel and fights every day around the world against those who would delegitimize or demonize the state, while also working from the inside to make Israeli society more cohesive. It's not an exaggeration to say that Israel is a core part of ADL's DNA. As Israel approaches its 75th birthday, I have asked my amazing colleague, Shia Lerner, to join me on today's show. He is ADL's Director of Israel Affairs, and I am looking forward to asking him his reflections on Israel at 75. Welcome, Shia, too, from the front lines. Thank you, Scott, so much for having me. appreciate being here. So we have all marveled for years at how you have offered a clear and concise understanding of Israel today. How is it that you are such an expert on the state? I have a long uh, connection to Israel. I grew up in New York in a very Zionist family um, where Israel was a very important part of our uh, Jewish identity. Uh, when I was 11, my family moved to Israel, and I lived there for several years, including through high school, and really became uh, very familiar with Israeli society as well as Israeli politics. Uh, the last couple of years that I was there was during the Second Intifada, which was a very violent period and really sort of exposed me to the threats that Israel faces um, from terrorism and, and other uh, outside enemies. Uh, then I came back to the U.S. Uh, for college and grad school and really focused my studies on the Middle East and on Israel and have worked most of my professional life in the Israel space. So in reflecting on Israel at 75, up until recently, I might have started with a question about the Palestinians. But the talk in Israel is not about the Palestinians today, by and large. It's, it's about judicial reform, uh, the packages being put forth by Prime Minister Netanyahu's coalition. What happened during Israel's birth that an appropriate system for uh, the judiciary was, was not put in place? When Israel was founded in 1948, there was an intentionality to create a constitution. The first Knesset was really um, set up to try to come up with a constitution similar to what we have in the U.S., a sort of a founding document that would lay out the country's legal systems. Um, it never came to that. Israel has never managed to develop a constitution, in part because there's been so many challenges the country has faced, security and otherwise. And so right now we're at this moment, 75 years later, where um, the lack of a constitution is really coming into play with the debates over the judicial reforms, over the Supreme Court and other things. And there's no one uh, document that, we, that Israelis can, can look to to say, okay, this is the way we should be going, this is the way we shouldn't be going. And that's what they're trying to figure out currently. Do you see this as Israel's growing pains or uh, something much worse? I think growing pains is actually a very good way to describe it. Uh, you know, we have to remember that Israel is, is still a relatively young nation um, and has faced so many threats over the years and continues to face uh, many of those threats from Iran and elsewhere. And it uh, right now is starting to uh, feel, I think, a little bit more comfortable in terms of security. And so it has the ability to really turn inward and try to figure out some of the challenges that perhaps a uh, young country that hasn't had to face all these threats 
uh, had been able to deal with earlier uh, in in its uh, younger years. And so what's going on now, again, is is one is something that I think uh, many countries go through in, in their younger stages, and that Israel uh, is really starting to go through a process. And this isn't the only thing. There's going to be other things, I imagine, in the coming years that its society is going to need to try and figure out. I guess if we look at where the U.S. was at 75 with the civil war approaching, it uh, it also uh, was having its own challenges. Uh, maybe every country goes through these kind of growing pains as they mature. Exactly. And, it's, and that's an important point to keep in mind because, you know, this time in U.S. history, we were getting ready, uh, gearing up for what was ultimately a civil war. And then, you know, 100 years later was the civil rights movement. And, you know, the U.S. is 250, almost 50 years old at this point, and, you know, we still have our own struggles and issues that we're working on here. So when you look at Israel through that context, you realize that Israel is not that much different than a country like the U.S. in terms of trying to figure out its own issues. For sure, and uh, I know ADL plays a big role in helping Israel to become a more mature society. Maybe say a few words about ADL's role. A couple of things that we've really been doing over the last few years are intended to both help Israelis uh, get over some of these issues and Americans better understand Israel. So in Israel, we focus a lot on this notion of social cohesion. So Israel is a society made up of people from many, many, over 120 or 30 countries around the world, and they have different you know, values, different perspectives, different traditions, and it's a bit of a divided country. So one of the things that we're doing is trying to bridge the divide through social cohesion and try to get people to hear each other and understand where they're coming from. And then in the U.S., uh, many Americans uh, don't necessarily uh, understand everything about Israel, and have a lot of questions about, you know, the Israeli democratic system or the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And ADL really tries to educate um, the American public, the Jewish public, um, and the non-Jewish public so they can better understand Israel uh, and its many challenges that it faces. So speaking of challenges, uh, with all of this, it's, it's not as if the Palestinian issue has gone away. How would you characterize that issue 75 years since Israel's independence? That is, unfortunately, one of the issues that has uh, not been resolved. Uh, I'm sure your, your listeners know that, you know, in the 1990s and 2000s, there were many efforts uh, to try to achieve uh, a resolution to the conflict, ultimately a two-state solution. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, the Palestinians sort of rejected uh, numerous offers that Israel has made. And so it's a conflict that has not been resolved, and it really does need to be resolved at some point in order for Israel to continue to be able to remain a Jewish and democratic state and for the Palestinians to have a country of their own and be able to self-determine. Do you think it will be? I certainly hope so. And if you look at what's going on in the region generally with things like the Abraham Accords, these peace deals that Israel has signed with four uh, uh, neighboring countries to normalize relations uh, and talk of possibly trying to even get relations with countries like uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, all these countries have been hostile to Israel until recently, and now they're at peace with Israel. And so, you know, if you look at the Abraham Accords, uh, I think they're a good model for perhaps how the Israelis and the Palestinians can can try and work together, but it requires really leaders on both sides to have the courage to come together and to negotiate in good faith. So in the final few minutes of the show, I want to end on a high note. Tell us about the miracle of the modern state of Israel. Why is it so special? Israel is an amazing country in, in so many ways. Um, I think rarely has there been a country where so much was thrown at it especially in its earlier years, yet it's managed to not just overcome but accomplish so much. 
it's made up, as I mentioned earlier, of, of people from uh, hundred, over 120, 30 countries around the world, different cultures, different societies, coming together to, to create, to innovate, and to build uh, this uh, really beautiful country and society. Despite all its challenges, Israel has managed to build up uh, agriculturally to build up the, the tech sector uh, and build up uh, a strong economic uh, and financial country as well. And, you know, to me, this is an amazing thing because in such a short time with all the threats that uh, Israel has faced, it's managed to uh, overcome all the odds and really uh, become a, a model country for, for so many others around the world. Right. Not to mention uh, that it's, its people are some of the happiest people in the world. That's a good point. There was just the annual happiness survey that came out a couple of weeks ago, and Israel was ranked uh, number four in the world, which is, you know, m most people will be shocked to hear it. But you go to Israel and you see how happy, creative, innovative people are uh, in Israel, and it really, uh, I think, gives you a perspective on why uh, their country is, is such a unique place. I think we've all had a lesson over the past few weeks and how special Israel is with the, the massive protests that were almost completely nonviolent. Yeah, and, you know, when you look at some of the other protests that have both happened and are currently going on in places like France or, you know, during the, the George Floyd protests here, uh, there was violence and there is violence in those protests. There's looting and, and other things. In Israel, there was almost no violence. It was peaceful, and it was done out of a will to do to make the country better and for a desire for Israel to remain a strong democracy. And I think that, um, you know, that in many ways Israel has modeled how citizens can really speak their mind in a peaceful way to get their messages across. So what gives you hope as you think about Israel's future? Just a couple of seconds. Just really the people. I mean, they're made up of amazing people who really, anytime they're faced with challenges and something's thrown at them, they figure out a way to overcome it. Shia, you never fail to deliver your message without both great insight and uh, with Ahavat Yisrael, with love of Israel. Thank you for all you do on, on ADL staff as our Israel expert, and, and thanks for being on From the Front Lines. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And, of course, a big thank you to the listeners who tuned in to From the Front Lines, either live on WVOX 1460 AM or as a podcast. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or on Spotify to ensure that you do not miss a show. Just search for From the Front Lines. And please engage in these important conversations throughout the week by following me on Facebook and Twitter. My handle is at Scott A. Richmond, and our hashtag is fighting hate for good.